Today's episode of No Dunks is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. The only place to read your emails and tweets. No Dunks here on the Athletic Network, Tuesday, April 21st. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, thanks to the power of technology, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tass. We also got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Thanks to all of y'all who sent in questions over the last week or so. As always, keep them coming. Don't be shy. Email us, nodunks at theathletic.com, or tweet them in, at nodunksinc, or use the hashtag nodunks. And make sure you check out yesterday's recap of The Last Dance's first two episodes. We posted that on Monday. It premiered on Sunday night. Everybody was excited. We went deep on breaking down those episodes, so go check that out, The Last Dance Recap. Episodes 1 and 2. Let's get to the cues, though, Tessie. First one. Hey, No Dunks. I'm a huge fan of sports documentaries. The 30 for 30s have been some of my favorites. If you guys could create a sports documentary from anything that's happened in the past 10 to 20 years, what would it be about and what would you call it? I'm a Thunder fan, so the rise and fall of the KD, Russ, Harden, Ibaka era, probably titled after KD's awful movie Thunderstruck, (laughs) would be a classic. Best from Caden. Lee, why don't you get us started here? What would you pick? Well, I think uh, Kawhi Leonard's had a pretty interesting three or four years here. I mean, you can probably sort of start from his whole career there. Like, he looked like he was going to be the guy to sort of take the Spurs from the Tim Duncan era into his own era. And it was all going according to plan. And then, uh, well, he injured himself in the playoffs, I guess, against the Warriors and Zaza Pachulia. And, and really, that kind of was sort of like sent him you know changed the direction really it was like sliding doors moment you know the uh the following season he only played nine games and uh, and he fell out with the franchise the franchise that's famous for not really falling out with its stars and always being able to repair things and mend things but uh it wasn't to be the case and and you know Kawhi said one day he will he will come out and tell everybody sort of what happened but I don't think that's going to happen I think that's Kawhi just buying time really but you know for them to him to go to Toronto where apparently he didn't want to go and you know, he takes another franchise that had always kind of uh, failed come playoff time as far as, you know, they'd always run into some obstacle. But instead, they go on, win the championship. He wins his second finals MVP, second championship. And then he leaves and goes to play for the Clippers. And I think uh, I think there'd be some pretty fascinating uh, stories sort of behind the scenes stuff there. And I would call it Kawhi. And I'd start with his name, Kawhi. But then at the end, I'd just sort of like dilute the last I and put a Y at the bottom. 
You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, like the word why. (laughs) I get it. Dilute the last I. Dilute Fascinating. You know, we we saw that on the Last Dance documentary when they sort of said Scottie Pippen's statistics for the Bulls, you know, like he ranked second in points and first in assists. You just saw they were just changing one word at the end. I would just change one letter at the end. How long is this? How long is this, Doc? I imagine with the Mount Kauai talks, probably about five to six minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the first silent documentary of all time. Yeah, the yeah silent yeah. film. Fantastic. It really, it really just depends when you want to pick it up. Do you want to pick it up from the from the start of his days in San Antonio and sort of build that whole story of how basically they were grooming him to become? And he he was kind of ahead of schedule really early on there in San Antonio, but just the way that that relationship deteriorated and fell apart. But then. Uh, you know, then he then he went to Toronto and won a championship in a place that that uh, you know no one really, no one really expected that to happen quite so quickly. Of course, they had the crazy shot, and then they beat the uh, dynastanic. Is that a word? I don't think so. The Warriors, mm-hmm. um, you know, to to win the championship, and then he and then he leaves. You know, so I think there's quite an interesting few few stories there. Certainly, the last few years, anyway. I you like. You're in my brain here, Lily. This is wild. I'm looking at my notes. I mean, I'm zeroing in though on a specific part of Kawhi, and I would, uh, I would throw out the possibilities of calling it Why Kawhi if we wanted to, oh. or Kawhi though, or something like that. But uh, I like yours as well. I love your dilution of the eye. Um, <laughs> uh, I have written down, yeah, the relationship between Kawhi and the Spurs and how that fell apart. That to me is yeah. fascinating. Tass brings up a good point. Is Kawhi Leonard ever going to say anything more than five words on a documentary? Eh, maybe one day. Maybe he changes. But it is wild to think, like, what, it was like the spring of 2017 into that summer. Kawhi was like an MVP candidate on a 60-win mm-hmm. Spurs team. You know, like, he's the heir apparent to Duncan's throne. And let me do the math real quick. Like, what, 15 months later, he's traded to the Raptors all over this mysterious quad injury? Yeah. And, uh, you know, them butting heads and their camps and Uncle Dennis and all that. You know, Uncle Dennis is probably going to speak, so that's great. So I got the exact same thing, Lily, but zeroing in on really the mysterious quad injury. Yeah. You know, the other stuff's great and everything. His rise to being an MVP candidate, going to Canada and bringing them a title, that's awesome too. But uh, what what really happened there in San Antonio? Yeah. It would be a fascinating doc if you could get him to speak on it. I'd love to see a documentary on the knucklehead Wizards era. We're talking JaVale McGee, Gilbert Arenas, Nick Young, Andre Blatch. It started with some promise, you know. The Wizards, uh, Gilbert Arenas was kind of a, a change in the CBA because he got this huge contract after being a second-round draft pick by the Warriors. He became an all-star. He became an internet hero. He was kind of the first player who really embraced the internet, but then... Uh, Things started going poorly once he started getting in uh, to beefs with LeBron James in his first stint with the Cavs. And, you know, like that was kind of the biggest moment for the Wizards at the time was playing in those series where they brought in Soldier Boy. Deshaun Stevenson was around. We had Lap Dance Tuesdays. There's a lot of stuff going on with the Knucklehead Wizards. And it was all kind of when the NBA internet was really picking up. So I think there's a. Uh, something interesting there, you know, with the rise of social media and how yeah. being outlandish kind of maybe took Gilbert Arenas a little bit too far over the edge. I mean, I can remember him showing up in a wizard's robe to the All-Star game and going off like the like the, the bouncing trampolines for the dunkers. Like, this is actually happening to an NBA All-Star right now? Pretty crazy. We're going to call the documentary Poop Shoes. 
after the <laughs> famous incident when somebody took a poop in a player's shoes. So, yeah, we're going to get to the bottom of that. I assume there are cameras around. These guys must have some sort of footage on their cell phone. And, of course, you know, the ending will be a little bit tragic with the way that uh, things played out with Gilbert Arenas and Javaris Crittenden. Crittenden, of course, has gotten into some serious trouble after his NBA career yeah. was over. There's a lot of stories to be told for that Washington Wizards team. There are some great stories in the NBA when you, when you think back. Teams like that, especially. So, I kind of focus on something like that as well. The Portland Trailblazers. Primary focus is going to be the injuries that they got, a couple of guys had to deal with. So I'm going to call it Blazing Ales. And the ailments uh, focus starting with Brandon Roy, how incredible he was, the, the rise and the fall, how quick that was, his bo- body falling apart on him. And then the Greg Oden story being selected ahead of Durant, how good he was early. And so there's there's that sort of rise and then the injuries took him down there's the alcohol abuse he had to go through Uh, so I feel like that would be a pretty decent story and then I'd probably start the doc with some of the jail blazers Mm -hmm. the she J.R. Ryder Damon Stoudemire Zach Randolph those days although apparently there is supposed to be a doc about those guys coming out Damon Stoudemire said it's in the works a few years ago but we haven't seen that quite Mm -hmm. yet so I think the blazers just you could start with a uh, with a police traffic stop with Quintel Woods uh, right. When the police officer asks him for his ID, he produces a trading card of himself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the Blazers. Oh, wow, that'd be a yeah, that'd be a depressing watch for Blazers fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally depressing, but as one of the you know the the richest fan bases, they would they would get yeah. behind that no matter what. They oh, would yeah. definitely go through that pain. And I, I actually right now I'm listening to uh, Andy Thompson. On the Tampering podcast, Andy Thompson, mm-hmm. one of the producers of the uh, the Last Dance, and everybody can't get enough of the Last Dance. So you should go listen to him and what he went through filming everything behind the scenes with MJ and how good a friend he was with MJ and how long it took to get that trust from Michael Jordan and and his backstory to being a producer and how long he worked with the NBA. It's a it's a great listen. Cool. All right, next one here. What up, Blow Dankers? With top high school prospect Jalen Green announcing he would be joining the new L.A.-based G League team and Isaiah Todd decommitting from Michigan to also go straight to the G League, I started wondering what this means for the future of the NBA draft. If a player can now skip college basketball and sign directly with the G League, are these players exempt from the NBA draft? For example, could Jalen Green play one year in the G League as an elite player and then potentially get 30 offers and go wherever he chooses and completely bypass the draft? Let me know what you think, or if you can explain this new process to the people that's from Donato. Good question. Donato, this is a huge deal. Uh, this is happening, that a guy is going to the G League and getting this this new special package. Jalen Green's going to be uh, a number one or number two pick in the 2021 draft, and he just took his year off the table and put it over to the G League, took it from the NCAA and sent it over to the G League. And that's what it is, really. It's just a, a, a year somewhere else. So, yeah, he can still be drafted in 2021 like right. he was going to be. But that, that year of commitment just goes from the NCAA elsewhere, just like LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton just took their year and went to Australia, just like Brandon Jennings took that year and went to Italy. But this is totally new in that Jalen Green is reportedly getting around $500,000. It can make up to $500,000. There was a, a G League plan that was implemented a couple of years ago that was 
guys could go there and make $125,000, mm-hmm. but still play in the G League and play that 50-game season. But what Jalen Green's going to be doing is going to be on this special team that's not even really a part of the G League. They play reportedly like 10 to 12 games. It might be up to 15 games, but it's not part of the standings or anything. They're just there making money off endorsements, making money off their likeness, able to work in an NBA setting and learn all the NBA tricks and trades and get basically you know grow up uh, in that setting and, and have everyone around them helping them get to the NBA. And this is what people think could be the start of players not going to the NCAA that they tried it a couple of years ago. There wasn't enough. It wasn't enough money that they offered in 2018, 19. It was 125K. So now they've sort of upped it. And they're also offering players the ability to go to college as well on the side. Mm-hmm. So they're also offering the academic part of it, according to Chris Haynes. That's what his report was. So now they're just trying to take away the NCAA option entirely. And this is going to change the way things work. It, it sure feels like. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to change the way things work because Donato is asking a question that I assume will be a common question because, in general, the G League serves as the minor league for the NBA, right? Almost every team is attached to an NBA team, but this seems like that's not going to be the case because these guys go there, they play for a year, and then they are eligible for the draft. And like you're saying, Tass, they're getting their own special team out of this so that it's not this thing where, you know, you sign with the real grand vipers and then suddenly you become a rocket. It's a little bit different than that, but uh, I don't know. It just definitely feels different than, you know, baseball's minor leagues or anything like – or another minor league. I wonder how long would you have to go into the G League and play before you became an NBA player to be able to go anywhere you wanted? You know what I'm saying? Would you have to mm, play right. in the G League until from 18 to 25 and then suddenly you're eligible to sign with any team you want like you were if you were uh, coming out of mm. Europe as a free agent or something like that? You know, Pablo Prigioni got to choose the Knicks when he was 38 years old or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Somebody going to put together a 20-year career in the G League then finally go pro? Yeah. And yeah, just to be clear, it's this new entire team. It's an entire team. It's not one of the existing teams. And they're just sort of in their own working environment apparently according to Wojnarowski it's going to be Kobe's Mamba Academy as their home base reportedly mm-hmm. and so that's where they're going to work out of and it's going to be a couple of these young phenoms just a few of these guys and then a bunch of veterans working with them and working like being their team uh, around them so it's a, a bunch of older dudes but just sort of special guys to start this program special you know draft picks guys who, are, who will be drafted in 2021 sort of leading the squad along with these veteran players to start this thing and uh, you know they'll be called whatever they're going to be called but it's going to be based out of california and it's it's entirely new and something where sharif abdurrahim president of the g league said we got to entice guys with more than 125k like we did a couple of years ago it's just not going to work and that's why Lamelo ball and rj hampton went to australia because yeah. they can make yeah. way more than that that's yeah, what this, they, I think, that's what this is yeah. here, right? It's like, well, they're doing—they're going to Australia for crying out loud because they're getting paid money and they don't want to go to NCAA where they don't get any money, and the NCAA just makes all the money off of them. So yeah, let's just do it here. Let's just pay them more, and we then we have something else that we can also try and sell as the G League, and we have these draft prospects and stuff like that. So yeah, it's uh, sort of a no-brainer to make it happen if you're uh, silver in the NBA and the G League, right, Lee? Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, uh, Lamelo Ball had a very, very successful season in Australia. Uh, You know, the Australian League had like the biggest viewing it's ever had. So Mm -hmm. it certainly worked for the Australian League and they were now thinking, okay, 
we want to do this as often as we can, get more and more guys out here because it put people in the stands, it got eyeballs on the TV, and Lamelo Ball played well. He didn't make the playoffs his team, but he himself, uh, I think he actually increased his stock as far as uh, a, a, being a first-round top-five pick in the NBA draft this season. So it worked really well. Now the challenge will be to see if Australia, for example, that league can match the sort of salaries that these guys are now going to potentially get. Like $500,000 is a huge step up from what LaMelo Ball got within Australia. So I think uh, I think the NBA saw that success and they're like, we, we do need to heavily incentivize it so that the guys stay here. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens next. But, um, you know, I think I think that's a thing. LaMelo Ball took a chance, went out there, and it paid off for him. And uh, that opened up the doors. And, and, you know, we've seen clearly the NCAA, um, you know, that that business model doesn't work for the players anymore. It hasn't worked for a long time for them. They don't make anything. They're not allowed to even take a free meal off anybody. Well, so, isn't this going to force their hand to change that? To like, well, they're going to almost have to allow players if they want anyone. I mean, not. I mean, everybody's going to go the G League route. I get that, but like yeah. at some point, if the top prospects keep doing that, because like, oh yeah, we get paid. Won't the NCAA have to be like, all right, well. You're still an amateur, but um, now we do have to have a rule where yeah. you can make money off your own likeness and stuff like that. Well, I hope so, but I yeah. don't hold hope, a lot of hope that it will actually happen. Yeah. I mean, the NCAA's been able to keep it out for this long, so I think as long as they get players, maybe not the always get the top players, but as long as they get a league and the and the, the competition going, they'll probably resist it for as long as possible because uh, you know that that makes all the executives and the tv people tons of money and they just don't want to share any of that which is ridiculous anyway so i hope i hope this this project takes off and i hope players all say yeah why, why go and play college when we can get educated and make money fairly for playing basketball it's a heck of an offer hey we saw the uh, the ncaa was sort of moving towards paying ncaa players we saw lebron signing that or being a part of that bill signing in California with the governor of California mm-hmm. and it was slowly happening but it might be a, a little too little too late and we saw what happened to James Wiseman where Anthony Hardaway at, at the University of Memphis I don't know he gave him I don't know, signed some something to get his housing or something like that so James Wiseman mm-hmm. couldn't play this year and now he's going into the into the draft without having played in the NCAA at all, which was really, really strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just there's just so many strange, strange rules. Like, he, yeah, you can't eat a burger. That's not allowed. If it was <laughs> given, if it, Anthony Hardaway ordered, ordered you that burger, that's not that's cool. So stupid. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really make a heck of a lot of sense. I guess critics of this will say they're not playing in the G League, though. There's a 50-game season in the G League, but these guys are just coming in and just kind of – hanging out on the side and playing 10 to 12 games. I wonder how much their stock, like for a guy like Jalen Green, it won't be a problem. He'll still be a really high pick. Uh, But, you know, if Isaiah Todd goes there, who is, you know, a lot lower on the, on the the totem pole, the rankings, is it going to be like a LaMelo Ball situation where the G League experience helps him? Or is that 10 to 12 games not enough? I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an, it's an experiment for now. And, uh, it's probably going to be a successful experiment. Sharif Abdul-Rahim's behind it. I think everything's going to be okay. Next question here. What's up, guys? I've been finding my girlfriend and I are making a lot of impulse purchases lately. For example, we just bought a gazebo, gas fireplace, and finally a basketball hoop for our new home. What, if any, impulse buys have you guys done while on quarantine? Turn up, love you guys. Awesome. That's from 
D-Flow, a.k.a. Dylan. <laughs> Way to go, D-Flow. Not from uh, Dylan, a.k.a. D-Flow. He, he signed it D-Flow, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to start to allow everybody just to sign by their moniker. We've got to get some real names in here. So D-Flow, a.k.a. Dylan, wants to know, impulse buys during quarantine time. Uh, D-Flow's got some cash flow if he's buying yeah. a gazebo gas fireplace and a hoop. Ball we just bought it. a gazebo, I think, is the sequel to We Bought a Zoo, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, I, um, I'm sort of in the same boat because Nora and I have recently uh, purchased a new house and, and are slowly moving into it. In fact, are here now, and if that's why I sound extra roomy, it's because I don't have much in this office right now. Um, so apologies to JD, apologies to all the listeners, but I... Um, I have, there's a lot of impulse purchases that I have lined up, but because when you buy a new house, it's like, God damn, that's a lot of money. I'm hesitant, but there are three things. Some of them are house related. Some of them are not at all. Three things I currently just have sort of waiting for some reason to, uh, you know, to actually make a move on and buy. One is an NBA Jam long-sleeved t-shirt from Bleacher Report. <laughs> I don't know why I won't come around to buy it, but it's just sitting there in my email inbox looking at it every day, and I'm like, hmm, should I buy it today? No, I'm going to wait. The other, um, Trey, I'm sure you saw these. I, uh, I missed out on getting them uh, through the Nike app when they dropped, but the Air Jordan 1 um, High Court Purple ones. Mm. Mm, love the purple colorway. Big fan of purple. Um, so now I could go get them on StockX or something like that, but it's like, ah, yeah. Do I really need another pair of shoes, like $200 plus pair of shoes right now? Probably not, but I'm sure I'll come around and get them. And the third one is home-related. Tass, I actually reached out to you through text to get some, uh, you know, some of your opinions on the matter. A cordless electric lawnmower. Because <laughs> um, now I have a yard. I've never had a yard, uh, my own yard. Um, so got to get this grass cut. It's getting pretty unruly. I think my neighbors are already judging me, and I've only been here a couple days. <laughs> Um, but you know, this is a big purchase. I don't want gas. Don't want gas at all. I want that cordless task gave me a great brand to look into. I really liked I watched a lot of YouTube videos, good reviews, but I'm like, I don't know, maybe like a lot of people in the neighborhood, they just, you know, they obviously pay someone to come do their lawn care and it's like 50 bucks every two weeks. They do a great job. So maybe I just do that for a little bit. So those three things, a shirt, some shoes, an electric lawnmower. <laughs> I'd like to hear some details about lawnmower YouTube. What's that like? Oh, I mean, you know, there really is. And, and so, you've heard this before, but when someone says like, okay, you're going to get a house. This is your first house. YouTube is going to be your best friend because you can learn how to do anything, right? How to like fix this or what some like reviews to buy. I mean, oh, they're just like, like we, we, it came with a barbecue our place. So a nice barbecue. And I'm like, I don't know what half this stuff does. There's a YouTube video guide explaining everything on the barbecue. It's amazing. Um, so that's what the lawnmower is. It's just like taking you through everything it can do and mm. the pros and cons of it and all that. So mm. it's not that exciting, Trey, but uh, 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 literally anything is exciting right now. I'm like, ah, cool. I'd like to see how they get these lines nice and straight. Yeah, I'll send you a compilation of uh, this guy going through some uh, lawnmowers. He did even this one thing where... Uh, and I wouldn't recommend this probably, but he's trying to test the battery because this is a cordless one, right? So it's like a big lithium battery. So he just like rigs it up to keep running. <laughs> and uh, he like goes into the house for a couple hours, comes out, it's still going. So the battery life looks pretty good on this if I ever do pull, mm. uh, you know, make, make the purchase. But yeah, those three things. If you ever pull the ripcord. That's right. <laughs> well, I guess you don't need one with an electric. Just no, you don't. Button. You know, yeah. well, I used to like doing button? that as a kid. That's crazy. Yeah, oh yeah. Pulling a ripcord's great. That's one of the uh, yeah. 
top three parts of mowing the lawn. The second best thing is being done with it, and the third is being outside, I guess. Uh, I'm not jealous of you mowing those lawns. But, I mean, if there's a YouTube out there for how to get cool designs, you know, like a baseball field in St. Louis, they'll put, like, the arch out in the outfield. Got to try that. I always love that look. I've made the decision, I really think I have at least to start with. I'm going to go with, um, you know, I was talking to the neighbors and they have people that come to their their lawn, as I said. And so there was like a little bit of like, you know, he's like suggested, oh, they're great. You should use them if you want to. So I'll probably, you know, one, to look like a good neighbor, two, so I don't have to buy an electric lawnmower, and three, I don't have to do it myself. I probably will go with Felix. He's coming on the weekend. Let's see how he does. I've already reached out to him through text. I like how responsive he was. I can pay through Venmo for crying out loud. So uh, I'll, I'll report back to you guys next week on the lawn. Yeah, very exciting. Felix, the neighborhood cat already in the yard. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, for me, my only impulse purchase so far is natural deodorant. Had to pull the trigger. Had to get deodorant. Because Laura is like, when you come to bed, you need to be wearing a t-shirt to keep your armpits. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so, so I did a whole bunch of research because as it turns out, the armpit detox is good for getting the toxins out, but those toxins, they smell very bad. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm rocking something called Ursa Major. It's mint and eucalyptus scented. So when I put mm. it on, it's nice and cooling. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, delightful. you had a good month there, though, of uh, basically, you know, going deodorant-free there, and Laura put up with it. So that's that's a win, I think, overall, isn't it? Well, we'll see how it takes to this deodorant, because the main mm. thing was I had tried a natural deodorant before, and it didn't work, and it made my yeah. armpits, like, super irritated, but yeah. supposedly this is going to work, and I don't know. I'll probably have another armpit update next, Beach Stefan. <laughs> yeah, I tried the natural deodorant once. I just didn't like it, because it was this crystallized, like, ball thing, and... You know, you're rubbing it in for like 10 minutes under your arms to try to get some juice going. And it's like, I don't know if this is on or not. So, yeah. I yeah, it's, it. a, it's, a, it's definitely grosser than like your standard deodorant. I mean, yeah. it's like if you're doing a standard deodorant, you're getting the chemicals. And if you're doing a natural deodorant, it feels like you're just like rubbing pig fat underneath your yeah. armpits. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Uh, I, I um, you know, for me, speaking about barbecues, like I've been firing up the grill lately, the charcoal grill quite a bit, nice. having a lot of barbecues because the weather's perfect right now. But, having um, a bunch of some- BLTs, huh? Fire up the charcoal grill, throw a couple of slabs of bacon on it, and put it up. Exactly, yeah. They're great. They're really, really good. I'll make one one night and I'll show it. I'll put it on YouTube. You can see how I make it. Uh, Show me how those knobs work. But uh, so at charcoal, you know, at some point along the along the journey, I ordered charcoal on Amazon, and I I either forgot or it was coming like two weeks late or something like that. So I ordered some more. So right now. I have like two big bags of charcoal that I'm going to have to grill basically every night for the next three months to be able to uh, use it all. So it wasn't so much an impulse. It was more an erroneous uh, extra ordering of, uh, of charcoal. So I've got tons of it right now. <laughs> all this charcoal talk, this lawn talk uh, actually reminds me of this email we got here because it's mulch madness all spring long. I had to throw this one in. Shout out to, shout out to John Hollinger for the hashtag mulch madness That's creation. Good. From Thomas, as you might have heard, projected 2021 number one pick Jalen Green has signed a deal with the G League. Did you know that Jalen Green's agent, Aaron Goodwin, also represents Jalen Brown? This is not a coincidence. <laughs> Casual oh. fans may not notice this, but Aaron Goodwin is clearly assembling an all Jalen, Jalen compost team for his agency. <laughs> One that I'm sure you guys appreciate. It's a great point. Really good point. The greens and the browns. No doubt. Uh, my impulse buy, I've moved to iPhone. Whoa! Yeah, what yeah, a 
life changed. We forgot to welcome you to the team. We, we didn't have a party. Yeah, I'm back, baby. I mean, I, I, yeah. I took a little hiatus. I guess I'm like MJ. I quit, went to play baseball for a bit, and now I'm back. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it feels good. It feels yeah? Good. Are you happy? Good. Yeah, it's a great phone. <laughs> I guess, they, I guess they make phone. good phones. Yeah. Um, what you, uh, would you go with, if you don't mind me asking? I think I do. No, iPhone 11 Pro. <laughs> 11 Pro. Oh, Pro? Not, not Max, though. No, no, I'm not a Max okay. man. Oh, you big, are a Max Too man. big you for my paw. I'm not, I'm not MJ where I don't have huge paws. Mm. This one, uh, the Max is a little too big for my liking. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm due for an update here, so I'm actually doing a little research myself. Do I go uh, Pro? Do I go Max? Or do I just keep it, uh, keep it classic? Go with the SE. Mm. <laughs> keep it somewhat small. <laughs> Haven't decided. Oh. I wonder if there are YouTube videos for iPhones. Oh, I'm going to say there are. <laughs> yeah, there is. No, there yeah. is. Because, I know, I'm um, just kidding. Yeah, we no, know yeah, there is. Man. What? <laughs> I had to use one just this morning. I didn't know how to turn off my new uh, iPhone 11. Because in the old one, you you, uh, you you know, I can't even remember how I used to do it in the old one. But I couldn't turn it off for this one because I had to sort of just give it a reboot. And it worked. So I YouTubed it. Great. Oh, cool story, bro. JD, do you have any <laughs> turn off your phone? <laughs> Uh, do I have any? Yes, uh, I door dashed ice cream the other day. Oh, that's an impulse. Buy. Two quarts of, uh, of Baskin Robbins. It was the Ooh. most shameful thing oh. ever, and not all, And it went to the wrong address because I oh. put it in incorrectly. So my neighbor had to bring my shame over to me. Oh, it was bad. And then I looked inside, and they packed. Two napkins and two spoons, assuming that two people would be consuming a quart each of Jamocha almond fudge. It was bad. It's really bad. Is it a, do you still have some left? No. <laughs> well, I live with animals, so they, oh, they just right, right, right. devour everything. All right. Our next one here. Hey, no bunkers. I've been messing with the trade machines since there's no basketball to watch. One interesting trade I came up with was Aaron Gordon for Zach Levine. Who says no? Wow, we haven't had a who says no email in a long time. Orlando gets some much-needed offense and can cover for Levine's weaknesses on defense, while AG gives Chicago some of his all-around play and they get the ball in the hands of maybe Kobe Whitemore. Embrace the day. That's from Rory in isolation in Ireland. Trey, you want to you answer this? You're the Bulls fan. What do you think? Uh, AG for Zach Levine. Who says no? The Bulls hang up immediately. They say, this guy can't even beat our guy in the dunk contest. See you later. Ah. Zach Levine is way better than Aaron Gordon. Scoring guard is a more important position than guy who does a little bit of everything but nothing great on the wing. And, I mean, getting Kobe White the ball more will certainly help the Bulls, and I hope that that's kind of the plan for next season. But he's also just going to be 20 years old as a sophomore uh, in the NBA next year. You can't have too many creators, so I think Levine and Kobe White certainly is the backcourt of the future, or at least for the next couple of seasons for the Bulls. I don't see any sort of upgrade bringing Aaron Gordon to Chicago, especially considering, theoretically, Otto Porter will be playing the three for Chicago, and then you got a four and five who are recently mm. drafted by the Bulls. It's a downgrade. I, I agree. It's interesting to look at Zach Levine now as a number one guy after his Minnesota days when he was the number three behind Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Ideally, you don't want him as your number one. It's It sure seems like there would be nice to have somebody beside him um, that would be a, a superstar, but Aaron Gordon isn't that guy quite yet. So it would it's it's a downgrade. It's just as simple as that. All right, next email here. 
Hey, no Dunkarinos. I came across this article on Yahoo Sports that suggests Disney World would be the best location to finish the season. Hmm, Disney World. With the empty resort hotels and the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex, it provides plenty of room to house players and a broadcast-ready facility with multiple courts. Additionally, since Disney World is already an isolated, privately-owned city unto itself, it would be relatively easy to limit the access to only essential personnel. Do you guys think this is the best way for the NBA to salvage the season? Also, if this season-in-a-bubble concept is used, do you think the NBA should take a page from Japanese baseball and award the higher seed an automatic one-game-to-zero advantage to start the series? It could potentially make up for the lack of home court advantage. Hope you and your families are healthy and not completely stir-crazy. That's from Peter in Indy. Lee, why don't you get started? Mm. Yeah, I, no, I, I think uh, this is, sounds just a little bit too crazy to me. I, I'm, look, we all want basketball back, but to try to salvage the season now, I think it's almost pointless, really, because uh, Adam Silver said just you know a week or so ago that they're going to need around about 25 days to a month to even get guys ready to play. So that takes us into the middle of May. And then what are you going to do anyway? Like, how you know, the playoffs are going to be different. The whole season is going to be different. Whoever wins the championship, it's not going to be considered a real win anyway because we've had such a interruption to the season. So to try to sort of house everyone in there like that, I mean, you're going to have to house like all the playing uh, staff, all the assistant staff and coaches and, and personnel from the team. And then what, they're not allowed to leave for how long? You know, a month, six weeks? I don't know. It, it just seems to me it's like... It's not that important right now. When you consider what's happening in the world, I think that it's way more important to just take care of this virus and hope we can resume some sort of normality in our day-to-day life first rather than trying to squash in a season that's a, a, a playoffs that's really not going to mean all that much anyway. So, you know, trying to sort of force it in there to me, it's not the right idea. I think it's almost better to just call the season now and say, okay, it's done. We can't salvage it. Let's just hope we can maybe get started by, by next season. You know, and uh, it, it's a bummer, but really, again, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that important deciding who's an NBA championship, uh, an NBA champion, when we've had, you know, over forty thousand people in the US die already from this virus. You know, so uh, I, I would just call it right now and move on, and, and not try to force something in there just to give people something to watch. I, I just don't think when the product itself is not going to be even that good anyway that it's worth it. Yeah, I agree with all what you're saying there. I think the point though is if 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 they want to do this bubble type thing to try and play it out in one location, you know, we've seen Vegas kicked around, we've seen other places that the article here is saying, actually, if you're going to do that, Disney World's a great spot because it's such a contained thing and you could probably even have your families. Now, again, I'm with you. Like, you would still need testing and all that and is this even important? And it's going to be weird even just to have a winner at the end of all of this, but... The point is, like, if you're going to do it, there's a good location to do it. And I think the, there was a lot of great points made in the article of why it would work, especially with the broadcast-ready facility and all that, multiple courts. So I get what, uh, you know, the author was saying here on Yahoo Sports, but it's unlikely it's going to ever happen anyway. That's my opinion yeah. on it. I had a great yeah. experience reading this article. It comes to the line, you know, Keith Smith is explaining all the different things you're going to need to actually have uh, basically a season in a bubble. And he gets to the paragraph, while many locations might come close, only one place can offer all those things with relative ease. 
Walt Disney World in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, I started dying laughing because this sounded like an infomercial to Walt <laughs> Disney World to me. The very next line, before you laugh, let's look at why Walt Disney World makes the most sense. I'm sorry, Keith. I was already laughing before you got to that, but they've got a ton of courts. They've got yep. 6,000 rooms, and it's basically a city in itself that has already been quarantined. This, to me, is an incredible out-of-the-box idea. Everybody has been throwing out Vegas. This definitely seems easier to me than yep. Las Vegas because you're in the middle of a city in Las Vegas. This is a city that's just out in Florida all by itself, ready for people to come and be there. I agreed. Reading through it, it, it makes sense if we're down the road. I understand now we're in this point here where nothing is open in, in general. But let's say we are in June and July and things have started to reopen then I think we're in a different headspace. And Adam Silver on that conference call last week said a lot of things have to happen. The rate of new infections has to go down. Mass testing has to go up. There has to be a path to a vaccine. There has to be a lot of other steps that happen first. But if we get to a point where Disney World is still closed, this makes sense. I think that's the issue, though. Disney World will probably want to open to make money otherwise. unless. Mm. And so are they going to be open or is a portion of it going to be closed off? I don't know. You kind of have to have everybody sort of quarantined two weeks prior, get there for two weeks prior, then not leave the property. And so there's that whole thing. I think the positive though, is that everybody's sort of learned to quarantine already. So it sounds crazy that they're just going to be thrown in there for a month or six weeks or two months, but they've also kind of just had a, a lot of practice. So that kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of boost the, the idea, but it's not just players and personnel and everybody in the arena, but it's restaurant staff, hotel employees, arena employees. Like you just so can't let people. them go home. They would have to be in this bubble as well. That's a lot of bubbling. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just a lot of moving parts. So I kind of agree with Lee. Like it, it, it can go either way, but I don't know. This this it is a city into a, of of itself. When we go to to Orlando even when we went to the all-star game it sure felt like my god this is place is weird like which it's just like we are we are thrown into this thing and we it's like we're in this little fishbowl and we can't get out and it kind of doesn't feel all that fun um even as 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 a city like it it is Disney World that entire city is Disney World so it kind of makes sense Next one here. Hey, No Dunks crew. As a lifelong jazz fan, I was wondering how much of The Last Dance would open up an old wound of those finals years. Luckily, not as much as I thought. So far, at least. I'm impressed that Jordan still sports the single hoop earring after all this time. What is one thing that you have held onto for more years than perhaps expected? Thanks for all the laughs. That's from Wes in Utah. Well, I'll get us started here. I pulled out all my old wrestling action figures last <laughs> week, and they kind of had an old stinky, rubbery smell having been in this uh, container for 20-plus years, 25, however long. Um, but it wasn't that that I was amazed I still had. I still have all my all my umpiring gear. I was like, <laughs> whoa. Whoa. From when I was like 14 to 20, and I umpired baseball. So I have my umpiring mask. I've got that holster that goes around the old waist with the home plate brush. I pull it out and went and dusted something off with it. <laughs> Had to dust that off because it was pretty dusty. I got the clicker that keeps oh, yeah. count of wow. balls and strikes. <laughs> uh, my 
Danielle was disgusted seeing the, the, the umpiring mask. This is a classic catcher's mask type thing. But I did throw out, I remember I, before moving, I did throw out my chest protector and my stinky shin pads because they were. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you said the uh, wrestler stunk. What did that stuff smell like? Uh, yeah, a little, Not a little too pungent bad. for sure. <laughs> but uh, uh, you never know when you might need a, a 25-pound face mask. You never know. You, um, it seems like you got to do something with that to me during quarantine. Yeah. Like you got to throw it on and do like a TikTok video or some sort of like mm-hmm. Twitter video where you like go around and like, I don't know. I, I can't think of an instance off the top of my head, but calling balls and strikes and you're out of here to your daughter and to your <laughs> wife and stuff like that. Could be funny. Yeah. Quarantine <laughs> rules. Even just yeah. if somebody violates a quarantine rule, just throw them out of the game. <laughs> the quarantine game. <laughs> Lee, what about you? You know, uh, you know my lucky boxer shorts that I've got that I pull those out when I need to uh, feel lucky oh, yes. about something. Yep. Well, I've also got Don't a pair of out, uh, Christmas Don't Day boxers. <laughs> I've got a pair of Christmas day, day boxer shorts that I wear every Christmas Day every year. I don't know really why I do it. These are easily like fifteen to twenty years old, but every day, every Christmas Day, December twenty-five, I just wear those ones on, and it's like no one knows I've got them on, no one sees that I'm wearing them, but I just wear them. And I don't really know why. And they've been, you know, they've obviously been through the wash, so they're uh, a little loose as well. They're not, uh, they're not exactly toit anymore around the midsection. So, but it's just like a tradition that I do. And I'm not even really that into Christmas either. So it doesn't make any sense. But it's one of those things I guess I've done, and it's like now it's a tradition. So that, that's what I do on Christmas Day. Fascinating. You're a fascinating man. Now I start to think you have like a pair of special boxers for every holiday. You got like president boxers, and boxers. And we just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all. There's only the two pairs. Just a classic Christmas boxer. Nice. Yeah. Trey, what about you? Uh, my mom still has my umbilical cord back at home. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> She's got it in the box. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's like in a like a manila envelope. <laughs> like if you're going to wow. save a 36-year-old now umbilical cord, at least uh, display it somewhere proudly, I would say, yeah. Mom. She's also got you know, a lock from my her- first haircut. My yeah. haircut senior year, I like I didn't cut my hair for a year and then she cut it off and saved it all. So, you know, if they ever need to clone me, We've got some DNA saved yeah. <laughs> aside, and I don't know. Or if Next we time I go need home, to, uh, if we ever need to frame you for like a murder or something, too, mm. yeah. Oh man, is, you think that's what my mom's doing? I think so. Think that's yeah. why she's got all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you guys know I you love know. TBT. Next time I go home, I'm gonna take the ultimate TBT picture. This is from before I was born. <laughs> my umbilical cord. Wow. It's funny. It's funny. I get the umbilical cord at at the birth, you know, because like when I had my first son, you know, you you do you want to hold on to those things. You think, oh, this is a beautiful moment, but then you just realize it's this like dry, wrinkly old piece of skin that you don't <laughs> oh. need at all. So it's not that it's not cute. You don't need anything to do, you know. So you just get rid of it. But in that initial like first hour or two of your first child being born. <laughs> I can re- I can relate to Sally there, but that's it. But not yeah. 36 years later, I'm not pulling it out and saying, "Hey, look at my son's umbilical cord." She yeah. was trying to scheme my kids' umbilical cords because I told her she, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna throw it out." She's like, "Are, are you sure? I, I can take it if you want to." I was like, "Mom, I'm like I'm not gonna mail you an umbilical cord. I mean, I know an envelope is the preferred way to keep them, but come on." Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't really know, but it almost feels weirder if. 
at the birth, you're like, yeah, just throw that out. I don't know why to me. It's like, I think what you're saying, Lee, it's like sort of feels important. Yeah. It is important. Maybe don't throw that yeah. out, but like, I don't want it for more than 12 hours after that. Yeah. No, yeah. You're emotional and you're just like, you know, you're overcome with, with joy and stuff. And you're like, I just want to keep everything. Same with the haircut. I remember when our son mm-hmm. had his first haircut, he was like 18 months old and, and they gave us his hair because they did it at daycare. And we're like, oh, great. And now I'm like, I don't have any idea where yeah. that is because he needs a haircut every five weeks now. So. <laughs> I, yeah, um, actually, we just trimmed our our two months old hair for the first time just because it was doing a real alfalfa thing, and we just wanted to get rid of it. And I f- threw it out. I just it was on top of our garbage, like uh, like George Costanza's popcorn. It was just sitting there, right there on the top. And I'm like, feels weird to throw out my baby's hair, but I'm not keeping this. I'm not keeping it for, forever. And, and actually, when we came home from the hospital, I remember they there was a. When the umbilical cord is cut, they, there's a clip that they keep on the baby's belly button yeah. while, mm-hmm. while you're there. And they gave us our to-go bag, and the clip was on top. I'm like, whoa, you gave us a new clip? Like, why would we have to clip the baby? And she's like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, that's what was on your baby's belly button. We just took it off, and people want to keep the clip. And I thought, what weirdos want to keep a clip? So I tossed that sucker. That's weird. And then the little umbilical cord falls off after a week. That little stanky thing. Mm-hmm. It looks like sort of like mm-hmm. a tooth. Some people keep that. Yeah. Oh, good. I didn't. My answer for this um, to go in a different direction is uh, probably held on to the uh, podcast catchphrases for uh, definitely longer than I expected. Probably a lot longer than some people expected or some people wanted. But uh was never a plan from the get-go, but... There it is. Good morning, sweet world. There it is. Embrace the day, people. I mean, it's almost in every podcast. So it's uh, holding on to it. And now I can never never drop it. I don't care how angry some people get with the good morning, sweet world. <laughs> you even got it in your pants, right? You got it uh, embroidered in a, in a pant leg. You got it tattooed on my penis? Is that what you're talking to? Um, <laughs> got it wrapped up in some Christmas boxers? Uh, yeah, no, I got it. In, you're right. I got it in uh, embroidered embrace the day i don't think it says people if i remember correctly but i think it says embrace the day it's embroidered on um yeah the on like the inseam of a pair of pants <laughs> that i got custom made on the um, on the cuff right like of the ankle right yeah and i always a... i mean they asked me they're like what do you want yeah. there i'm like what are you talking about why would i want anything there you're never gonna see it and they're like you know it's just a personal touch and it was like all right it was included so i was like all right put embrace the day yeah. Have you ever seen it? Do you ever see it? No, you never see it. It's the weirdest one. It's, I, I don't really get it, but it's there. Like Lee's underwear. It's just for you. <laughs> yep. <That's right. laughs> Next email. Good afternoon, no slammy D's. I've been listening to you all share intimate details about your lives, just like we did, since mid the starters days, and have been wondering if you've ever gotten in trouble with your other halves for oversharing on the pod. Do you ever clear what you're going to discuss with them? And is there anything you've divulged that you wish you'd have kept to yourself? Turnip, love your flies, boredom. <laughs> That's from uh, Paul in Brighton, UK. Very creative there, Paul. Um, turnip, love your flies, boredom. That should be a t-shirt. We should make that our new t-shirt. Um, the answer is uh, no for me. I'll, I'll keep this uh, short and sweet. Um, never gotten in trouble about oversharing. You know, anything I've discussed uh, from my life uh, or about Nora or about us. Um, and she just, you know, especially Beach, Step In podcasts and some of our zanier ones she will listen to. So she's hearing it stuff, that stuff too. So, But no, 
and definitely never cleared it with her. What are you talking about? This is my life too. I'm going to talk about it. Um, so no, my answer is no, which is a little surprising, you know, for uh, the number of podcasts we've done and uh, the amount of personal stories we've shared, but still all good. Yeah, I was racking my brain. I thought I thought the exact same thing. I thought there must be something that pissed her off, <laughs> and she definitely doesn't listen anymore. She listened. Danielle listened for a long time, uh, but hasn't listened in a while. So maybe there's something that slipped through the cracks, pissed her off. But <laughs> well, speaking <laughs> of slipping through the cracks, for me it was year of the schmear and open up your butthole. Uh, Those yeah. things did not necessarily <laughs> go over well in the <laughs> the Kirby house, but. Uh, Skeets, it's your life, you're living it. It's my butt, I'm talking about it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking oh, phys- physically as well. I, I wonder, wondered if I divulged a physical problem, like a, a butthole perhaps. But uh, nope, I had it. And it brought me to this story. I was working with Gary Payton a couple months ago on Yahoo's The Bounce. And we're looking at his old draft day suit. And it was a pretty tight suit. And he said, that suit was so tight, it almost gave me a yeast infection. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. I still don't know what that means. But uh, that's where my head went to. And yeah, GP and his, I don't think he, know, he knows what that meant. But uh, <laughs> it was a tight suit. And it looked good, actually. It was a good looking suit. No yeast infection, though. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm the same as Skeets there. I, I've never said anything or, uh, you know, had her, Roxana, uh, you know, talk to me about anything. And I think having Trey talking about the schmears and uh, and the buttholes really protects us because it's going to always be like, <laughs> what, look, what, look what Trey talks about. That's way worse than anything I ever said. And it sort of like gives you a, uh, you know, gives you a little bit of a, a protection, really. So um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good like that. Could have used some protection during the year of the schmear. The key, though, is <laughs> to bear, you got to bury the lead at all times. You got to put right. your uh, your ridiculous stuff that you're talking about maybe in the middle of an episode, sometimes at the end. But I think the mm. middle's good because people, I mean, even our wives, significant others, are they're tuning out, man. They're tuning out here when we get yeah, to question yeah. number eight. But they'll they'll jump back yeah. in when we get to number thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before we get to our next email, a quick word from one of our sponsors. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or tuxedo for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? It turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible. Unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. Oh! We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day like a schmear, so we left. <laughs> what I love about the Black Tux is they have an easy online ordering process that brings you your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it out one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code DUNKS. That's theblacktux.com, code DUNKS, for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. 
Next question, yo, Dunk No-Nos. At one point, this NBA season caused me to have an existential crisis. I always believed that there was a rule that meant an NBA team could have a player with the squad number zero or a player with the squad number double zero, but they couldn't have both. I thought this was true until Melo signed with the Blazers and took number double zero. But Damian Lillard already wears the number zero, I protested to my uninterested girlfriend. (laughs) It turns out the rule I believed to be true all along was in fact not a rule. This made me wonder what other rules I believe are actually not a rule. Is it okay to swim straight after eating? Is it okay to have a beer for breakfast? Is it okay to talk on the phone in a crowded elevator? Anyway, what's a time you guys believed a rule that turned out not to be true? Stay safe, stay sound, stay strong. That's from Joe in London. I remember us being in the office when that happened, and we were all also puzzled. <laughs> a zero and a double zero on the same team. Mm-hmm. It should be a rule. Um, what shouldn't be a rule is this, oh, you can't have sex the night before a sporting event or the, <laughs> the day of a sporting event. Don't bring your your wives or whoever to a, a World Cup match like coaches historically say. Baloney. Have sex. That should be the rule. <laughs> that should be the rule. <laughs> that should be the rule. At least, at least like it's, it's an option. It's an option. You can have sex. Well, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was like Ronaldinho, right? That like uh, got busted for having sex before a World Cup, and they're like, "How dare you, man? How dare you do that?" He definitely busted. Well, the the the, the front page of the uh, the front page of the Sun newspaper actually said Ronaldinho scores six times before World Cup starts. <laughs> did he have a good World Cup? Yeah, he did. But they won the World Cup, and he well, was there you go. Uh, he, he he knocked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they had this big smiling face of his on the front page as well. Like it's just, I mean, it's a garbage newspaper, but every now and again they make a funny front page. A rule I believed when I was a kid, my dad told me that it was against the law to have your interior lights on in your car when you're driving at night. <laughs> but as it turns out, the only reason that he said that is because it, like it's reflecting back into your, like into your rear view mirror and then right into your eyes. So it's just annoying to have that on when you're driving at nighttime, but now my kids are convinced that you can't have interior lights on at night. They're like, Daddy, you're breaking the law turning that on. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. I'm going to have to do it really quick, girls. I'm going to have to turn this off real quick. As for the um, the one asking, is it okay to swim straight after eating? 100% it is. 100%. Yeah. But absolutely. the issue is, the reason parents tell the kids not to do it is not because like they're going to cramp up or some nonsense you've heard. It's just more likely that they're going to puke in the pool because <laughs> they've been eating hot dogs and ice cream and whatever else by the pool. It's like, you know, and they're jostling around in there. That's the real reason. It's not nothing to do with, like, some effect it's going to have on your body. Right, J.D.? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. There you go. That's why they uh, have Adult one. Swim. Every, uh, every uh, once an hour at our pool, anyway, all over Atlanta. This is new yeah. to me. I've never had this before, before we moved here, but they have quote unquote adult swim and it's uh it's a 15 minute break uh, 45 yeah. uh, on the hour and it's so kids don't piss in the pool huh. <laughs> just to get them out of the pool yeah wow. it's um it, it's so frustrating though that when you're in the pool and your kids are having fun and maybe you've only been in for 10 minutes and then they say all right everyone get out for 15 minutes and the kids are like what the hell why, why are parents allowed in but we're not <laughs> You know, and it's like, well, I don't know. Oh, I mean, I parents piss in the pool so too. the parents can piss in the pool. It's the best part. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. I go in to piss in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I've never pissed minutes. in the pool. Hey, yo. Big fan of the show since 2014. So I literally just rented and watched Love and Basketball, which I really enjoyed, before listening to your latest film session. I honestly never knew I was this committed to the podcast until now. What is something you are even more dedicated to than you initially realized? That's from Neff in Lakeland, Florida. Well, to take it back to the uh, to the yard, um, my answer is exactly that. Uh, I can't believe how into it I am, and I always enjoyed uh, my one summer as a you know working for a lawn care service. I loved it. Loved being outside, using your hands. Feels like you're doing manual labor. Um, but in just having a yard for a week here, you know, I've already talked about whether or not I'm going to get a lawnmower and all that. But I just find myself wandering around my yard, like picking weeds, um, picking up <laughs> little sticks, uh, looking at that. Oh, is that a flower? Should I keep that? Um, oh, look at the vines on that tree. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm loving every second of it. But it's uh, it's almost worrisome. Um, I'm sure the neighbors are already a little freaked out. Nora's a little concerned. Just it's not going to be long before yard. you cut the heels off your shoes and are walking around in the backyard <laughs> with them shandles. Yeah, yeah. and it's even, uh, I don't really have a lot of tools right now, so I just have one little spade. So I just walk around with this little spade, um, sort of looking for weeds. Uh, it's, yeah, it's you weird, need, but I'm really into it. You need like one of those wooden chairs, like a recliner almost, and you can fall asleep out the back there with a the newspaper over your lap, you know glasses down over your nose look like a real old man just out in his yard having a good yeah. time yeah i i just hope i'll eventually graduate to walking with my hands behind my back like tass <laughs> uh, older greek gentlemen i love that wander that stroll so i'll eventually get there that's the next step yeah don't poke your hand with that spade though that's the only problem <laughs> uh trey you got an answer for this one I didn't realize I became a hydration guy until Buckets Weekly put out a video of a compilation of me just crushing water <laughs> time and time again. Basically, anytime I finish making a point, it's a quick, <sighs> I travel with a, a water with me. I'm like a guy that travels with water. I thought that was only for, you know, like bodybuilders at the gym, but I'm a hydration bro now trying to get on that Tom Brady level. Do you think it's also like... <laughs> Like um, like sort of a tick too, though. Like that 100%, idea. Hundred yeah. percent. I've dropped yeah. so many other things. It's like I never put on chapstick, so I've replaced every time I put on chapstick with taking a quick sip. Mm, there, you go. there you go. That is a funny compilation, though, of you yeah. chugging water after everything you say. It's hilarious. Thirsty boy. Yeah. Lee, you got an answer? Uh, well, you know, I'm into kombucha, of course, lately. Um, and during quarantine, we have our groceries delivered. And the other day we were putting together an order and my wife asked me if I wanted some uh, kombucha. And I said, well, you know, it's, it's expensive right now and it's not an essential item. And she was like, are you, are you sure you can go a few days without it? And I was, <laughs> I was like, I, I should be fine. And she's like, well, let me just order a couple just to make sure of it. So uh, I guess that's become sort of almost like my alcohol. I mean, there is sort of alcohol in there. You know, and she's like, uh, I'll get you some just so you don't lose your temper too much around the house lately. So, you know. <laughs> I need that synergy. I do, I do. I'm booching hard. Uh, for me, it's house plants. I'm definitely into the, uh, the old trimming and the outdoor plants. I'm picking weeds too, Skeets. Uh, it's never ending down here in the south. You get 12 months of weeds. Uh, but uh, on the inside, I've never been an indoor houseplant man, but now I'm even trimming indoor houseplants and keeping nice. those alive. I think it's 
since I had children and I'm determined to keep them alive. Now I'm determined to keep the house plants alive as well. So it's, uh, it's just keeping things alive around here. And it's, it's I, I'm not a repotter though. I wonder one day if I'll be a repotter. I always sit back and think, hmm, that plant could use another pot. Pruning is just a gateway drug task. Pretty soon you're going to be doing pot as well. Oh. <laughs> All right, next one here. What up all layups on this week's Beach Step? And Trey mentioned having trouble with the math minute because he couldn't remember six times eight. Trey, what is it? 54. That's right. Uh, this stuck out to me because when I was learning my multiplication tables in grade three, my Hold dad on. would drill me while we were shooting hoops in the driveway. No, it's 54. He'd rebound for me, but I couldn't <laughs> shoot until I got an equation correctly. It frustrated my catch-and-shoot rhythm, so I learned multiplication tables purely out of spite for having my jumper interrupted. I bring up six by eight, six times eight, because the rhyming ones were easiest to spit out quickly. Six times eight, 48. Seven times nine, 49, mm. et cetera. Oh, nice little math hack there. Anyway, my question for y'all is, what's a time you use the game of basketball to learn something practical for real life? Could be something sports movie-ish, like the value of relying on teammates, or something as silly as trying to outscore the concept of basic arithmetic. That's from Chris in Chicago. Lee? Mm. Yeah, I've got one for this. Uh, it's geography of the USA. You know, following the NBA as a kid, mm. I, I, learnt, I learnt about, you know, where teams were and where states were in the USA. And there was one time where my, my older brother had a, uh, he was friends with this girl who was from the USA. She, her parents moved out here. And uh, we were talking and I said, oh, where are you from? And she said, oh, you, you won't know. I mean, I'm from this place called Jacksonville. I'm like, Jacksonville, Florida. And she's like, yeah. And I said, oh, that's where D, that's where D Brown's from. Because D Brown had just won the, uh, the dunk contest. And she were, her mind was blown. I was like, oh, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I, you know, I know it. I know where it is. And she was like, well, you're the first person we've met who knows exactly, or doesn't necessarily know where it is, but has heard of that place and knows something about that place. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty helpful in those early days. Good answer. Yeah, definitely better than my answer, which is dancing. I feel like uh, years of post-footwork has kind of made it so that I can easily pick up a line dance, which is why it really threw me when Drake came out with the 2C slide. He's basically putting a line dance into the song, except for you have to do a move with the same foot twice. That's a travel, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's a, did you see the clips going around that that dance, or what he's referencing, is, is actually the moonwalk? Are you telling me that Drake didn't necessarily come up with something he made popular? <laughs> yes. That's, that's exactly crazy. what I'm telling you. That is yeah. insane to me that that would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my Raptors fandom helps me get through my marriage. I know this is a bit of a twist on the answer but i hope my raptor the raptors fandom that i've had throughout the years sort of mirrors my betrothal because both started off with a bang very fun then we had some down years <laughs> some bad times what we're going through right now but then the raptors well they won the championship so hopefully there's a light at the end of the title in this thing that we call marriage that's the plan beautiful i wonder if oh i wonder if danny's gonna not like that part. yeah don't listen <laughs> you gotta bury it good move <laughs> yeah you threw it in there what question 10 that's yeah, she didn't spot. make it this far no way no way all right next one hey no drunks been listening every day since 2009 thanks for a decade plus of entertainment i finally tried some booch bracket kombucha and was impressed <laughs> i understand lee's obsession however even though I quite liked it, I'm no way going to drink it regularly due to the cost. What trends or activities would you like to partake in but can't due to logistical reasons? Could be price, time, location, whatever. 
P.S. I need Iman. I need Iman Shumpert back in the league for Tass to say his name again. Iman Shumpert. <laughs> That's how you say his name. Thanks. Oh, yeah. That's from Giuseppe. JD. Oh, Giuseppe. First of all, if you want to have kombucha and you don't want to pay for it, just get some iced tea and throw some vinegar in it. Kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Mm. <laughs> Yummy. Yeah, exactly. Um, for me, uh, back in the early 90s, uh, when I was living in Greece, uh, I would fly around those islands on a motorcycle, um, oh. never with a helmet, oh. sometimes without a shirt, like just shirtless, <laughs> wearing shorts. <laughs> Easy rider. Converse, and that's it. Um, very foolish, very stupid. I was in my early 20s. Um, and I fantasize constantly about getting a motorcycle, even if it's like a dirt bike, just to go out to the woods out here in Georgia and just go nuts. But it's just too dangerous, man. I know too many people in the healthcare industry, and they they all refer to motorcycle riders as organ donors because they are. Yeah. And uh, I got two kids, and uh, I'm not done living yet, but I, I'm. I just I would love to to just grab a motorcycle and hit the road. And Matteo was very. Uh, I talked about it when we moved here uh, briefly. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll get a motorcycle. And Matteo was like, no way, you can't. You, I forbid you. He said, I forbid you to get a motorcycle. So I'm still heeding that advice. I can already see our longtime fan Stefan Vasilev uh, photoshopping you on the moto bo- motor, yeah. motorcycle in Greece, yeah. shirt sure off, that, shorts yeah. on. But it's modern. It's modern day, JD. So you've still got the beard and the glasses. You know? That's how I can see it. Yeah, and I'm not quite as trim, so I look like an actual biker. Uh, mine's uh, similar, I guess. Like, uh, of you know, not that motorcycle is a sport, so to speak. I guess it can be too. Um, but skydiving, mm. you know, loved it. I would do it again, but not easy to do. You know, there's a lot of uh, logistical issues like cost it's not it's not cheap you you got to get to the location uh and it's oh yeah pretty damn dangerous or it can be um and Mm. and i would want to work my way up to doing it by myself like actually you know jumping out of the plane myself and pulling the chute but yeah probably not gonna be happening anytime soon i've done it maybe i'll do it once or twice again uh strapped to uh some other guy and jumping out of the plane but that would be my pick have you ever tried indoor skydiving no i really want to it yeah it like, looks uh, cool it looks really fun i've uh, i've had some friends do it and i saw them share it on facebook and i was talking to them about it and uh, i'm like do you think i'd like this and uh they're like oh yeah yeah you're gonna like it um it, it does look cool there's a there's a, a there's at least one here in atlanta um yeah i'll have to give that a go lee you got an answer well it, it's sort of i'm thinking more when this virus passes uh, how that's going to affect me taking my boys to things like 10 pin bowling or those indoor playgrounds and things like that because they are just littered with germs and viruses and I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to do that ever again really with them because they love it they have a great time you know I'm sure you guys who have kids you know do the same thing and I'm like when you think about all the stuff that we do where you are you know touching things that other people have t- to put their hands in where you can easily transfer uh, germs I just wonder if we're all, you know, how long it's going to take before that becomes something that we do normally again, because I, I'm kind of pretty hesitant about doing any of those things, to be honest. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's my answer. I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if how those things are going to be impacted, even just general playgrounds, outdoor playgrounds. Are they going to are people still going to play on those as, as the way they used to do it? 
I mean, probably, but uh, might, I don't know if it's going to be the same. Sounds like you're saying you're not going to be at a bowling alley this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Governor Kemp's going to be uh, upset to hear that. He opened yeah, it up for I, you and the boys. <laughs> I know. I know. That's. That, I mean, I think that's it. I just can't believe we've got the dumbest governor. And that's, you know, I mean, there's, there's competition for that's idiots in politics yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but he's one, of course, under dear leader's uh, reign, so he'll do whatever that idiot wants. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I'm just those sorts of things. Going go ten pin bowling with your kids is great fun, but I just think all you're doing is really is you're just holding those great big balls that everyone else has been um, you know had their hands on, and it's like hmm, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. How do you feel about the shoes wearing the rented shoes? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I like I guess because you've got socks, there's some layer of, you know. <laughs> They're like massive socks on your hands yeah. when you bowl, yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. Maybe, yeah, maybe get some gloves out and start bowling with them. But then it might not release out of your hand as uh, smoothly as you would like if you've got gloves on. I don't know. but Maybe go five-pin bowling. The balls are smaller, less germs on them. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I could just get my own ball. What about that? Maybe I'll do that. I'll get my own balls. There you go. All right. <laughs> Trey, you got an answer? I want to play this game Animal Crossing. I see a lot of people mm. tweeting, Instagramming about Animal Crossing, but I don't have a Nintendo Switch. Uh, that could be an impulse buy, perhaps. But also, it just seems like you're, you know, caring for your house, caring for your garden, caring for things that you want to keep alive. I do a lot of that every single day. So I don't know if I need my diversionary uh, content to be exactly what I'm doing already. I don't know how that necessarily works out, but... The game looks all right. It does look fun. I've sort of uh, I've hesitated to uh, dive in as well because I know I'm going to be hooked as soon as I do. So I'm I'm just buying my time here until I get into it. Yeah, Guy Fieri's into it, isn't he? Oh, is he? Yep. He's crossing animals. <laughs> um, for me, it's TikTok. <laughs> I got to admit, it looks like fun. Choreographing directing editing 15 second videos it's probably the extent of all my editing so i it it looks like it would be fun it's just not gonna do it not ever gonna do it just too much time because once you dive in you're just gonna that's it's gonna be your life it's gonna be tiktoking all the Mm. time yeah and then you're gonna like you're you're oddly gonna be stressed because you're like ah well what's my next tiktok and uh oh i could have edited that better it's like gonna just add stress to your life too i feel like Exactly. It's another social media. I'm, yeah. already, I'm already thinking about my tibbities. I'm going to be thinking about my TikTok docs. Let's get to a couple more. We're going crazy here. All right. What a do, no dunkaroos. Longtime fan, frequent emailer, and devout no dunker. My question today is going to require you to put on your memory hats. Unless you saw him there and decided to grab a mic, a camera, and a seat. How did you get an NBA great like Tony Parker to meet you at a Subway sandwich shop? Also, I am wondering if you guys remember what Tony's favorite sandwich was. Thank you guys for so many memories over the years. That's from Mo in the Streets, Rad in the Sheets, <laughs> is how he signed off. Uh, who remembers uh, what Tony's favorite sandwich was and how we got the great Tony Parker in a Subway shop? Well, I'm almost 100% sure it was a chicken sandwich. He just like said breast. chicken sandwich. And that he was very loyal to it. Yep. And very I love loyal. the idea that we just happened upon him at a subway and <laughs> and just broke out the camera and the mics and and interviewed him. 
Um, not how it worked. No, not at all. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> it was basically like a junket, right? I mean, yeah. he he was going to be there. Uh, there was a press release. We found out about it and just went down there, got in line, and got our five minutes with him. Is that is that how it happened? That's how I remember it. That's how sure. I remember it. Yeah, we were on some sort of media. Uh, what are those things called? Like a, a PR blast. Yeah, we got an email, I do believe. I don't think we were entirely uninvited, but there was a, hey, this thing is happening. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. We were just part of this huge scrum. Remember, remember outside, we, you filmed a lot of it, J.D., yeah. us wandering around through these people. <laughs> is this going to happen? Because this was our first interview, so there was definitely no guarantee right. that it was going to happen. I, the way we set it up, it was a first time for me, first time for you guys, and it was just uh, felt very weird and awkward. And I remember not being able to hear anything that you guys were saying, and I didn't even realize it was over until you stood up because uh, either my headphones weren't working or it just wasn't set up properly. <laughs> so, and then we walked out of there not knowing if I didn't know if the mics were working or if, if it was if we had anything at all and we spent literally an entire morning on it good times next one here how's it spreading no diseases i'm currently listening to your podcast from my hospital bed somehow in all this i have chicken pox for the second time in three years i'm 23 years old is there a time you guys have gotten sick at a strange time maybe before a big event and no lee a really bad hangover doesn't count <laughs> Cheers. It's from Ben. (laughs) Why doesn't that count, Ben? What's up, man? (laughs) Well, I will say, I will say, uh, the last two times I've had to fly back from South America, once, well, Central and South America, once from Cancun and once from Lima at Christmas, I've had tummy troubles 12 hours before the flight. Incredible. So I've had to make quick trips out to the pharmacy to pick up Imodium because uh, it's like, what can I do? I can't stay and let my family go. And it's, I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do here? And so I've just had to uh, like shove down some Imodium pills, sip some Gatorade, take the last trip to the restroom that I know I'm safe at, and then just have to hang on. <laughs> so, so is it nerves or food or what? Yeah. No, it's food. It's food. It's I've, I've gotten. I've eaten something. And the last meal I guess I ate before the flight was uh, something that disagreed with me. And uh, the one coming back from Cancun wasn't too bad. I mean, it's like an hour to the airport, and then you've got two hours at the airport, then the flight's only two hours. But Lima, it's like an hour and a half to the airport, then you've got two and a half hours at the airport, and then it's a six and a half hour flight. So I was, uh, I, I was a little nervous coming back at Christmas time this year, but I Why managed to hang on. Why don't you just wear your uh, lucky crap flying boxers? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the brown ones that you keep for uh, once oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh it's it's not it's not it's not a comfortable feeling i tell you but uh but it's like well you know you can't it's it's just too late to change flights and then you got to find somewhere to stay and all that and the family okay, yeah, going, we get so it man like, you're not going to change uh, your flight because you got to crash yeah, yeah but it's incredible that it's happened it's happened twice the last two times jd got an answer for this i'm sorry to hear that ben is in the hospital with chicken pox also known as the varicella zoster virus Mm-hmm. Also known as herpes, also known as shingles, which I had an outbreak of the week we launched the Basketball Jones TV show back in the score days. It was our yeah. weekly Thursday show. And I, the week that we were launching it, I had a shingles outbreak. It's the only outbreak I've ever had. Um, 
and it was horrific. And I didn't take any time off or anything, uh, just worked right through it. I got some antiviral pills that did literally nothing. And uh, yeah, it was brutal. So I feel your pain, man. Uh, and bad news, it sticks with you. I'm sure you've heard. You'll have it for the rest of your life, man. Mm. So, yeah. All right. Our final, final question here. During this quarantine, I've been snacking on cereal more. I am here to complain that the ratio of raisins to bran in Raisin Bran Crunch is way too high. They hype up the two scoops of raisins, but I feel it is too much. How do y'all feel about this issue? And if you could change one part of a cereal, what would it be? This is from Darnold, an Orlando Magic fan in Montana. Darnold, not happy with the way they are. Uh, they hype up the raisins yeah. too much. Yeah. Two scoops. Do you think that's raisins. impressive in 2020? Are you kidding you know me? What? Uh, I'm fine with uh, one and a half scoops. Wow, uh, you're saying too many scoops. Yeah, too many. Um, so, yeah, does anyone have any strong cereal feelings out there? Well... He's complaining the ratio of raisins to bran is way too high. Too many raisins is what he's saying. Yeah. I, you know, I, I recently went through this because uh, when we were at the hospital for the birth of our child a couple months ago in the morning, the breakfast that came on that germ-filled tray was uh, packaged raisin bran. And I was pretty happy about that. You're getting raisin bran in a hospital? Not bad at all. So rip that baby open. And had poured some milk in it. And uh, what I would complain about is how stiff those raisins are. <laughs> They're like little Isn't this rocks. meant for your wife? Disagree. Isn't this meant for your wife, though, Danielle, uh, Danielle who's just given birth? No, there was, there was two packs. There was two packs. Oh, okay. oh four okay. scoops. Yeah. They, take, they take care of the hubbies as well. Yeah. And, and those raisins, they're just like little rocks in there. They're, they're a little sugary. Yeah. Um, you know, they should cut that down a little bit. But yeah, you guys should stop eating the worst cereal ever made. Oh, come <laughs> on. Cereal. That cereal sucks. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Oh, no. I love me a good stiff raisin. You're just not, a, you're just not into raisins. The, the, no. you're, you're a raisin hater. I am a raisin hater. You give me a trail mix, I'm eating around the raisins. Yeah, see? I'm well, eating everything else. Either you like raisins or you don't. So I obviously, I, I can understand why. So, But he's actually, now that I look back at the email... It's Raisin Bran Crunch he's referring to, not just Raisin Bran. I think yeah, there is a different one. Yeah, must be. Crazy stuff. Darnold. I just want to talk about Raisin Bran. Anybody else want to talk about cereals? <laughs> no. But, I mean, I would say, if you, really are, if you are really concerned with your Raisin to Bran or Bran Crunch ratio, make it yourself, you know? You can buy a bag of raisins at the grocery hmm. store. You could buy all Bran. Mm-hmm. Then you're getting your custom crunch right there. Yeah. Wow. And less sugar. You don't have to sugarcoat those raisins. And I'm guessing bag of raisins, they're going to probably be a lot softer than raisin rocks. I like the raisin <laughs> rocks, though. I like the stiff, chewy raisin. <laughs> if they're too plump and juicy, I get really grossed out. Mm. It's a good point. Two maybe scoops they, of raisin <laughs> rocks in every rocky bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Kellogg's Raisin Bran Rocks. <laughs> too many Sounds rocks good. in my cereal. All right, let's call it there. <laughs> it's a crazy beach stepping episode. Guys, keep your questions coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Here's what we're looking at for the rest of this week. On Wednesday, we're going to talk to the author of the new book, The Victory Machine, Ethan Sherwood Strauss. Talk to him about that book. Talk to him about KD leaving the Warriors and uh, his interactions with KD, uh, which are 
Very, very famous. Uh, on Thursday, we got a new episode of No Buffs, our Survivor Recap Podcast. On Friday, we just locked this in. We're going to do a new episode of Film Session, and we've decided on the movie. We're going to keep it current, and we're going to watch 2020's The Way Back featuring Ben Affleck. It is uh, now available to rent on uh, Amazon Prime. I know it's on YouTube. I'm sure there are other spots as well. So that is your homework uh, for the rest of this week leading into Friday's film session. Rent and watch The Way Back, if you haven't already, featuring Ben Affleck. Um, I talked to Matty O last night. He said he liked it. It was decent. I was like, well, would it work for a good film session? And, you know, is there a lot of basketball? And he's like, yeah, there's a lot of basketball in it. it I, think, I think you guys could uh, have some fun with it. So there you go. That's film session on Friday. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Kellogg's and Smears, your weekly Beach Stepping <laughs> podcast. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.